just so you're aware, this show is going to suck. <laughs> yeah. But we, we really needed to do it. Way. But if, if, you know, you're you're triggered by, you know, loss and or being sad, maybe skip this one. Side by Saturday. Side by Saturday. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and we will give you witchcraft. You think me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're yeah. I don't know how to up. do this. So <laughs> we're just well, gonna. You could, hit, could you hit stop record and then? No, no, no. no. I'm no. gonna keep going with just, just. I don't know how to do this. So I'm just gonna do it. Um, hi, I'm Kriana, and this is Sci-Fi Saturday Night. This is way less exciting than our normal introduction, but I'm here with a gigantic cast tonight, including Zombrarian. Say hi. Hi. Am I am I muted or not? You're not muted. Yes. Captain Cam. Say R. Greetings all. Say R. R. Thank He's you. Space you Captain. We also have ground control to Major Tom. Hello. And the Green Gosling. Hey, hey. And our very special guest, Illustrator X. The game is afoot. And the dead redhead. Good evening. And tonight we're going to talk about the dome. And for those of you who don't know this, the dome is my dad. Or was my dad? That sounds wrong to say. He still is, I think. He still is. He still yes. is. Yeah. He still is. is. It would be it would be weird if he all of a sudden wasn't. <laughs> How would that even work? That that's that's, that's a, a long... segment for science fiction science fact right there. <laughs> or a long conversation with your mom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something you need to tell terms. me. <laughs> the dome has been with us for five hundred and thirty-four episodes. Wow. But I can't help feeling like we lost him way too soon. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. So I think tonight we should talk about the coolest, the funnest, the most interesting, the weirdest crap that we did while talking about cool shit we like. What? That we did? Because that could take a while. (laughs) I mean, that's only summarizing 530 episodes. How long could that reasonably take? Right? I mean, we're almost done. Theoretically, 45 minutes to an hour, which is our average runtime. Or or we could be here for, well, the whole weekend. Um, Again, when we all sort of got together impromptu at the... Granite State Comic Con back in September, and yeah. we blocked the hallway traffic for over an hour. <laughs> Apologies, <laughs> standing there. there and people 
Doug Jones was giving us dirty looks. Like, guys, come on, come on. Did we, get, did we actually get yelled at for that? Or yeah, was... two different staff people came to yell at us. Yeah, <laughs> they were very. They didn't yell at us. They, they were very nice us. about it, and we were blocking the hallway. But yeah, yeah. Brett cried on me. I cried on him. Hmm. As as was you know going to happen. I think. Well, I think more than one of us cried on each other. Yep. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. It was yeah. nice to see everyone though. It was. It was cathartic, yes. and I, I loved the um, I loved the table with all the photographs they had of Dome, and that was that was a nice little memorial. It was. Yeah. And we got Doug to sign the picture of him with, with him, and that was nice. He let me cry all over him, you know, because he's Doug Jones, and he's like the yes. sweetest man yeah. on the face of the planet, and happens to be one of our. How many times did we have him on? Is he in the how many timers club is it? Five timers club? At least I don't five, think he's made lost, it to at least five. five times. Yeah. And Doug Jones voiced a lot. A lot. It's yeah. true. Oh, that's right. He's a sweetheart. A nicer yeah. man does not exist. Mm. <laughs> just it's just that's the truth. Keeps, that's why he keeps doing all the horror movies. <laughs> because he's nice true. he needs to balance it somehow or he'd just be yes. saccharine it's That's true. Right. Be like, it's that true. guy is too nice he just weird. implode with niceness yeah I know <laughs> I know <laughs> oh I should find those clips it's been a while oh yeah so long so long so, I mean, I feel like we've talked ad nauseum about where this whole party started on the actual radio. And then we had like a several year hiatus before, you know, technology yeah. caught up with us and we sort of moved to the digital place. And then we did it live in front of live people, actual humans, maybe. Who knows? They could be robots. Yeah. I don't know. Was there a robot? Maybe. Maybe. There's always a robot. Yeah. And then we sort of moved to just regular podcasty format, which was way less stressful. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Along the way, we talked to some really cool people. And sometimes it was as simple as just asking. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. never know how what you could do just by asking nicely and to bring it back to our topic du jour dome was one of the best at that because the rest of us would be like oh i don't know i don't want to impose he'd walk up to somebody he'd introduce himself and by the end of it they felt that he was doing them a favor by having them on our podcast (laughs) no that's that's very true i mean that's kind of how i mean that's when when he first met him uh, a little bit how he he approached me and Tom and he not only did that but simultaneously maybe of um uh while praising me and my work uh, uh maybe dismissed a couple other artists on either side of me that we that we know and will remain remain nameless it was just kind of funny because it's like oh finally talent I'm like um hi 
<laughs> and the thing is, he was so sincere about all of it. Like, probably he didn't mean to insult them. He just saw something he really, really liked and gravitated to it and did not think about, oh, right. shall I look from side to side? No. He saw something he liked. He needed to tell you how much he liked it. Right. And that was... That was also one of the things that I found endearing about him. Like, he he did not hide how he felt about anything. And if you didn't like it, the door was that way. You know? Oh, that's now. where I got it from. Yeah. <laughs> that that uh, sometimes made for interesting uh, conventions. Because if <laughs> anyone walked by in a Harley Quinn outfit. <laughs> oh, my Oh. Do I have uh, to bring out the creepy jar? That, yeah, I was going to say, that's why we had the creepy jar. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Yeah, but it would be like, what was Tim Burton's ex there? Oh. Tina? Yeah, no. Um, the actress. Um, Helena Bonham Carter? No, the one no. The, from um, from The Martian. Tina Marie? And Lisa Marie. Lisa, Lisa Marie. Marie. Okay. Who was absolutely drop-dead gorgeous in person. And, you know, I basically he kept his eyes on her eyes the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Peripheral vision, my dear. Peripheral vision. See, that same, I was going to say, I remembered when he walked up, when we were having breakfast at the place next door, and he walked right up to Danny Trejo with his hand Oh, up, my God, that's right. And he just walked oh. right up to Danny Trejo. And shook his hand. And shook his hand. Say, like, hey. Hey, Danny, how you doing? And Danny's like. Hey, great to see you again. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Wait, I love doing shit like that. that had they That's my met? favorite. And like, it was funny too, because Dome is towering over Danny Trejo of all people. I'm like, right. wow. Yep. Yep. Never did get him on the show, did we? I guess not, no. No. But he got pictures. He did get mm. pictures. Yep. Yes. And it was great for somebody like me, because I don't know if you guys know this, but Zombrarian is not great at talking. (laughs) Talking is hard, and often there's a robot. Um, But (laughs) I remember one Rhode Island Comic Con, this kind of really scruffy, kind of still drunk-looking guy came up to me. with his hat pulled down low and wearing glasses he's like i need to get in through those doors and i was like oh the ones behind me yeah those go to the convention hall but the main entrance is that way he's like well i'm an actor and he didn't say i'm a guest he said oh well even if you're an actor and i was like i think so um i'm not really an official person and i was being my (laughs) awkward self and i looked up and i looked closer and now I'm going to blank on the name. Help me. Who remembers this story? I vaguely remember this story, and I can't remember Nic- oh, who the actor is. is. It was Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> oh! Yep. Yep. oh. Nicholas Brendan. And he had just taken a red-eye flight in. And he had gotten off the plane, come straight to the convention hall. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know, dude. And Joe <laughs> <laughs> came over and just, he was himself. And he said, 
hi and he got to know him and he all of a sudden he was like we're gonna interview you later and nicholas brendan could not say no and then (laughs) wait 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 wait. because we didn't actually interview him later we interviewed someone else at his table his hands nicholas brendan (laughs) yeah that was fun we ended up um not getting the schedule to work out but yeah I was sitting there and I was awkward at first because I thought some random drunk guy was trying to get past me (laughs) and then I was awkward because it was Nicholas Brendan and it was like Dome was so good at that and I always appreciated that about him remember the time we met Amber Benson oh I was gonna say so so we had uh, Xander and Tara on the show yep well we had not not Xander. Not Xander, but yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when we met Amber Benson, it was actually in person. Yes. And he'd gone up to talk to her, and he said, "Oh, come meet her. She was a, such a sweetheart. She said, is a sweetheart." Yeah. Come and come and meet Amber. And yeah, Zombrian, you said she wants to meet you, and I was like, <gasps> she was exactly like that. That's exactly the sound she made. <laughs> Do you remember? Dome and then had I was a, thinking a... so hard about not saying anything weird or fanny that i said hi three times <laughs> it's nice to meet you twice and then ran away wow. Aww. that's true sweetie and adorable. she was so gracious about it well i'm sure they're used to stuff like that too i'm sure they used they're used to people getting weird or awkward around them and they, they've learned by now hopefully to handle it with grace yeah well, and the problem remember, with uh, me is, is when I'm thinking, just act normal. Like, my <laughs> mind goes blank because I don't know how to do that with actual normal people. So when I'm like, you well, have to act fine. normal. So it are you saying none of us here are normal? Yeah. That's right. No. Oh, no. I feel so honored. But I was going to mm-hmm. say, do you remember Dome had that list of, like, the five people he wanted on the show? And the number one person was Sarah Michelle Geller. I don't know why he wanted her on the show. Huh. I mean, I know why, but we don't. <laughs> that, that would take change from the creepy jar. Yeah. 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 Yikes! Oh my. Yeah. So actually, when when we first started the show, his number one was Spider Robinson, and uh, ding. Spider. Yeah, I got that one really fast. That was back when I was booking the show. So. Oh. That was a, a, gr- right. a great interview, actually. Yep. Now, how yep. did he? How did he get? How did he strike up that conversation and get to know Spider Robinson so he could get him on the show? Oh, I, mean, I did. Other than just, um, oh, who did? I did. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I emailed him and said, "Hey, Spider, yeah. <laughs> we have this podcast and we'd really like to talk to you because we love your books." And he was like, "Sure." This was even before we were going to conventions and meeting people. So it was really just reaching out to people and saying, hey, would you like to be on this thing called a podcast? It's like a radio interview, but we put it on the Internet. (gasps) On the webs. And this is what I mean when you never know what you're going to get just by asking nicely. I was like, oh, he's never going to say yes. I probably won't even get a response like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Oh, okay. Well. (laughs) That was easy. That's kind of awesome. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> Who knew? And and you know that that was sort of it, it kept going that way. I mean, you know, we remember the one time we we went to we wanted to talk to Billy West, 
and and the handler was very protective of him as they should have been they were a good handler and they're like you can't ask him to do any voices and we're like okay easy we weren't gonna and they're like really and we're like yeah okay and they're like well five minutes and you have to tell me what the questions are ahead of time and then they just hit it off. They were like old, talking about old school radio hosts. And of course, over the course of this, Billy decided to do voices. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, never, we wouldn't ask him to, but like, you know, the questions we were asking him, he decided to answer, but also like demonstrate like his Tuvian throat singing and stuff like that. It was a really, really <laughs> cool interview because, you know, we treated him like an actual person instead of a trained monkey. Right. Imagine that. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it was just a little bit surreal and disappointing how many people, people, people's handlers sort of were wary of interviews because of being mistreated like that. And that's a shame. But Dome always had like had this gift of, I mean. The soft sell. Yeah, the soft sell and putting people at ease, and you automatically just felt comfortable talking to him. You know, they had just the right question, too. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Like for Billy, I think it was like, what's the most difficult voice you've ever had to do? Like, it's a good question. It's not like, you know, what's your favorite Futurama episode, which I'm sure he's been asked a million times. And that's how they got on the topic of, you know, those those old radio announcers. And that went to Zap Brand again. And, you know. Right, right. Tom, you had you, you were about to say something. I, uh, I was just going to say that Dome always had the, the ability to put people at ease and really get them into a conversation talking about themselves. Yeah. Uh, yep. So... Before we did uh, the Upper Valley Comic Expo, we went down to a couple different uh, conventions trying to uh, find some guests. And one, we went down to uh, one of Gary's conventions. Mm-hmm. And remember we met the the guy that um, uh, had the book and had all the the props, the 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 oh. camera, the, the the was it the Indian guy? He was he was like he, he wasn't had, Native American, but he had a lot of Native American lore. He had a lot of Native American lore. He had lore about everything. Right. And he and, and the two of them struck up a conversation, and you you literally thought that they just grew up together and were just like long lost friends that finally found each other at a convention. Right. That was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. But he had that gift his whole life. I mean, yeah. even, I mean, because, uh, what was it, with when we were interviewing David Mack about his uh, Philip K. Dick comic series, he was like, oh, I wrote to Philip K. Dick. I have a letter from Philip K. Dick. I'm like, you corresponded with Philip K. Dick? He says, oh, yeah, I just wrote him a letter. I'm like. Of course you did. Speaking of grand master-ish people of science fiction, we yeah. spoke with quite a few of them. I know who your favorite is, Illustrator X. Yes, I mean, Sid and Marty Croft did give us Land of the Lost. <laughs> <laughs> How could you forget the man who threatened to nail a puppy to your door? I know. Whoa. 
Harley. Yay. Um, well, again, that's that's how you got Spider. I was like, guys, I got an I booked Harlan Ellison, and you were like, well, if you can book Harlan Ellison, I'm getting Spider Robinson. And then, like two seconds later, you're like, oh my god, I just got him. Got him. <laughs> wow. Well, and then, and then going, you know, we should have been like George Lucas, get jazz over here. <laughs> and then, well, we got Ben Bova. We did. Ben Bova, awesome. who was one of my favorite interviews. He's also because, no longer with us, but he yes. was a sweetheart. And that interview, we were we were up at Joan's house, Kriana and I, because I don't know if people know, but we're married. Um, and what? What you're, you're married? married? What? Yeah, right. Shocked. Why wasn't I surprised. invited? I mean, there are people who think we're the same person. There are a lot of people who think that Kriana's sister and I are sisters, and she's like our cousin, <laughs> which is weird. That is weird. <laughs> Literally, but we are married. the redheaded stepchild. Yep. But we are not related. We are married. Um, and we were all sitting crowded into Dome's dining room because we didn't have a recording set up at that time. So there were like five of us sitting in Dome's dining room around a laptop trying to record this episode. And like some people might have been thrown by that. Not Dome. He and Bembova had a dirty limerick contest. Oh, yes. <laughs> they were telling each other their favorite dirty limericks for like 20 minutes. Yep. Oh, how many men from Nantucket were there? <laughs> Not as many as you'd think. They, right? they were both very creative with their dirty limericks. Good to know. Good to know. Good to and then well, that doesn't surprise me even a little bit with song. Dom. I mean, geez, I think he told me a few of them on a, on a couple of occasions when we were sitting together at the table and it was like, hey, want to hear something fun? Okay. <laughs> 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 One dirty limerick later, limerick later is like, oh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, I remember, we uh, got to have some recording artists because of that, too. Like our <laughs> songstress about uh, Ray Bradbury. And, um, oh, yeah. We had Rachel Bloom. The one who Rachel. did the, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend there. Yeah. Rachel Bloom, yeah. Yeah. She's on she's on a new show now. Uh well um, again, this is the this is Dome's sci-fi Saturday night effect um like that he had. You know, <laughs> he would interview someone and they would get all these series and fame and glory. Yep. Mm-hmm. A show about a daughter and her dad working together on a piece of entertainment. <gasps> Coincidence? I well, think not. Not <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. And then there was Kiss Forever. One oh. of the few times Dome was very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Which makes it my favorite video. Oh yeah, obviously. But he was a very good sport. Like he could dish it out, but he could also take it. It's true. Yeah. That was yeah, he could. It's true. 
we yeah. would bring that video up at holidays. <laughs> Every possible opportunity. Every moment we could think of it, yeah. And somewhere it was a stretch. Yeah. You know, another person that was ended up being a good friend of ours is Tracy Hickman. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did he stay yeah. in touch with Tracy Hickman? Uh, yeah, he actually was on the show not too long ago. Hmm. Um, I'd say within the past probably year uh, for his oh, yeah. new project. Cam's, Cam's got a link. Just, I was yep. going to say, I'll answer that in just one second because I'm literally going through looking for another uh, moment from Dome uh, that I that I absolutely adore. I'm trying to find the name of the author. And I just at just before you said that, I went past Tracy Hickman. Uh, November 3rd, 2021 was our last time having him on. Okay, so a teensy bit over a year ago. A teensy, just a teensy. We're not going to hold it against you. Yeah, uh, I mean, and and that time Tracy emailed me and was like, "Hey, I got a thing. Can we do a thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, for you. When do you want to do it?" <laughs> I mean, awesome. do a thing. So I mean, uh, we love we love Tracy and Laura and their, yeah. you know, family slash ecosystem. <laughs> Well, their their books were iconic in the in the '90s, and it was. I mean, I read, I collected and read every single one of them. '80s, '80s, '90s. Was it the '80s oh, when it came 80s. out? Okay, I collected them in the '90s, but they came out in the '80s. All right. Oh yeah, <laughs> all the Dragonlance. Yeah. Yeah, came late to the party, but I got there. But um. God, yeah, I it, it was. Painted Raceland all like a full size Raceland on her college dorm room. Right. Like right down to the hourglass <laughs> eyes. Yep. And I was like, you realize you're going to have to paint over that when we graduate. She says, yeah, when we graduate. <laughs> like, okay. As long as you know. <laughs> uh, I was thinking when I first when I first heard that interview, the first interview he did with Tracy Hickman, that was the. Um, he had talked about like he was doing some seminars or webinars on. um promoting yourself mm -hmm. and and that was that was the moment where I, I actually went on to Tracy Hickman's site and signed up for one of his it was through Dome actually that I went and signed up for one of those webinars and it was really it was really kind of cool he was very personal Tracy Hickman was very personable and and he had did a really good job with the webinar and um even had us brainstorming ideas for ourselves you know it was it was uh it was really kind of cool and thank you dome that was that was a nice little bit of that was a nice link there mm. but that was the thing about dome too i mean it's like you know if he talked if he liked you and what you did you know i mean he always like he believed in you once once he once he liked what you did and he always was extremely supportive in every way he could be, you know, uh, through interviews or, well, me commissions, I'm sure others he, he commissioned as well. I mean, um, and that's one of the things that, you know, I, I took away from, from all of this, just this, this, this love and support he showed. And the faith he showed in all of us. 
that was something I wanted to talk about too, is because it's like there's so many authors and creators that you know over the years he has championed, and he will have them on at every chance he can. Um, right. You know, I just I'm thinking about people like V.S. Holmes, who mm. you know he saw her across the way with the, these books, and it's like. No, we really got to check this out. And so every time that V.S. has been on the show since then, she brings up that story about how he came across the way and said, and, you know, just checking out her books and going, we really need to have you on the show because this is really awesome stuff. And it's he did that with lots of people. You know, he would find people. There's another uh, young person that we've had on the show, uh, Trevor who uh, does a comic book series that uh, even with the first issue, he fell in love with this. And we've had Trevor on throughout the entire series. And he has always been one that just loves to champion and get the, while he loves having those big names on, he loves to bring those people on that he thinks are going somewhere that they are truly have some talent and he wants the world to know about it. And I love that part about him. And not just creators either. Yeah. Um, Like, I know personally when I first joined the podcast, he I remember the first time I did it, he said, oh my gosh, you're going to the librarian conference? That's awesome. You're going to see all these cool books. You're going to have to tell us all about it. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be any good at this. See the <laughs> aforementioned not good at talking to or in front of people. And he said, no, you'll be fine. You'll be able to do it. And it, he was just like, no, I, you can do it. And I know you can do it. So you're going to. And was he right? Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> you got there. I got the there. And he saw that I could so get uplifting. there. Yeah, yeah. And he saw that I could get there. And after the first time, when I fa- they famously said, oh, tell the story about the robot. And I said, there was a robot. Um, the end. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Literally, what she literally, said. I was, and it wasn't that I was being sarcastic or anything at that point. I was just so scared mm. of the microphone that I was like, "There was a robot. Um, it was there." <laughs> and then we moved on. <laughs> um, but yeah, and now I don't shut up. So. Thanks. No, but. It has- like him and Heather, I'll second you on that. Yeah, Cameron, because you came on to the show when you started doing interviews with him. Yeah, and it was like, it was just, as I was the same way at first. It was like I was going, okay, I'll just sit here in the background. And I won't talk. I won't say a word. And then he kept, after every show, says, no, no, you need to get in there. You need to push. You need to go in there and, you know, and ask. You know, you need to sort of literally push me out of the way. And And, you know, after, you know quite a while i got so that you know he and i were competing for questions with whoever we had on the show but that was not me when i I started you got it that's (laughs) where you get it from and i bet you you were competing with him to ask questions and he i bet he was so happy and so proud Mm. yes he was Because at one point i had been interrupting him all night to ask questions and i was like i'm sorry i kind of took that over he said no that was great you had such good questions he really he was good at having the spotlight but he was also good at sharing it right and i i can say with confidence after a few conversations with him like you know at conventions you know you know talking about um 
you know, you know, a show with Cameron or a show with Heather or a show with we or just talking with Tom at a convention and have, when Tom helped him out with a bunch of things, you know, I mean, he would rave and he would talk about how happy and proud he was of whoever it was his focus was on at the time. And and it was it was so it was so sweet, you know, it was just and nice to find someone so openly supportive of like you said sharing the spotlight bringing new artists and creators and authors onto the show and giving them a chance to um talk about what they're passionate about you know it was you know i mean too often you know you 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 get shows that all they want to do is talk to the bigwigs and here's this here's yeah. this guy with a with a bushy bushy mustache and a big top hat who just wants who wants to do that too like you said but I mean it was the highlight of the of the people just starting out. You know, that, I, I it's not just those people though because actually yeah. you reminded me of something that Doug Jones said to me while we were at Granite Con. He said, you know, I remember your podcast because now I'm getting booked on every single everything. It's it's hard to book because I have so many things. But you guys talked to me when I wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And he would also try to ask things that people generally don't typically ask. So what'd you yeah. have for breakfast? Yeah, right. When, <laughs> and he was Who are your favorite authors? Right. <laughs> and he was interested in people's craft and inspirations, yep. which I think in the in this community, sometimes we get because we love the product so much. We want to talk about the product when we get to talk to a creator. Mm-hmm. And he was very aware of talking about, oh, you know, how did you learn how to do this? What's your you know what do you like about doing this what are you planning on doing next what's your journey yeah yeah, what's your journey like what's your fit you know do you like editing or do you hate it you know and it was great because it was not so in episode three scene 62 there's this great (laughs) moment and i want you to talk about your emotions in that moment because (laughs) and you know that kind of question is great, and I'm sure people who are interviewed appreciate when others appreciate their work like yeah. that. Yeah. But Dome really wanted to go beyond that and say, and ask questions like he asked Billy West, like, "What's your favorite voice to do?" Yeah. How'd you teach yourself yeah. how to do it? Yeah. <clears throat> and on the flip side, he didn't. Uh, suffer fools either as we were talking about before airtime uh you know one of the first interviews he did was with one of the writers for the movie electra Mm. (laughs) and the guy the guy said like oh yeah i I don't really care once i turn in a draft they can do whatever they want with my story and he hung up on them on the air yep Yep. he was like like no not not giving you any more time so that's where i Are, are are you saying, uh, Noel, that you are actually your father's daughter? Well, let's put it this way. In <laughs> 1999, and that's the actual year, 
Way I'm back. Way back in 1999. <laughs> I went to my first convention ever. And this was back when Buffy the Vampire Slayer was on the air. Nicholas uh-huh. Brennan was there, actually. Yeah. I remember that distinctly. And uh, I met one of my favorite authors of the time while I was there. And he signed my comic books. And then years and years and years later, he became a good friend of the show. And we started talking to him often. And it's just so funny how that happens. That, like, you know, when I was, like, 14 or 15, right? I met him for the first time just in passing. He signed some books for me. And then now I'm Facebook friends with him. <laughs> and, Kriya, yeah. I'm just going to embarrass I'm going to embarrass the heck out of you because I've heard that story so many times, both off the air and on the air, told to various different people. I can literally say that entire story <laughs> down to the words, uh, including right. the part where he told where he told you that you had to carry all of those comics in your book, your, your backpack yourself. Yeah. Oh, well, I know. You all know the that words was the price story. of going to the convention was being the pack mule. It's just how it was. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you remember who the author was? Alan Moore. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, him Alan too, Moore. but it was also Christopher Golden. It was Christopher ah. Golden. Yes. I don't know. Speaking of people Facebook friends with, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. I'm not on Facebook a lot, so it's it's kind of a narrow pool of people. Right. But, you know. But, you know uh, going way out in left field on this one, um, I. I got to say, especially with next month coming up, I am going to miss the fact that even years after uh, Dead Redhead and I left the show, every December, we would mysteriously get a mixed CD of of Christmas songs. Every year. It was always very nice that he did that. Hey Cameron, didn't didn't Dome give you like I don't know terabytes oh. and terabytes of some of the stories he had read from yep. authors he had interviewed, which I thought yep. was, was ridiculously awesome. Well, it was like because he, he said to me, he kept saying to me, you know, it's like you know, it's like I can't do anything special for you, can't do anything special for you, but I got something in the works, got something in the works. Next thing I know, I'm getting a terabyte hard drive full of every book from every author that he's you know ever had on the <sighs> show and. You know, right. and it's some of the some of these really old, amazing books that, you know, they sometimes they just don't even print them anymore. <gasps> and so literally I've been I've been reading these digital versions of them. And it just it's in a weird sort of way. It's a way to reconnect connect with Dome, because one of the great conversations we would always have, especially when we'd have the authors on, was about some of the older authors that he'd actually met and, you know, how they compared, you know, in the good writers we had on the show that are writing now to some of the stuff that we used to do. And I'd always sit there after the show and go, who is this author again? You know, you're, he's going, you don't know who this, you know, such and such is like Kriana, you did to me once and said, you don't know who spider is. You can't listen anymore until you read. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I I mean, to be fair, I was right. You, you were right. You were right too, though. When he helped set up my Mac years have? ago, but I remember going through my stuff once. I'm like, why do I have a bunch of of novels by Roger Zelazny? <laughs> What's all this? Yes, What's the yes. Sonya Blue collection doing here? What? 
I'm like, dumb. And you know, <laughs> that kind of relates back to what we were already talking about, where he loved to find things that he loved. He also really loved to share things that he mm-hmm. loved. Yeah. 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 And the podcast definitely has given him an outlet for that. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's uh, Spider Robinson, good example. I mean, with, with the quote, don't, Dom's favorite quote that he would always quote from Spider Robinson, like, what was it? Shared joy. Shared pain is, is lessened. Is shared lessened. Shared joy, joy is increased. increased. Thus, Thus we do we all refute entropy. entropy. Yeah. I mean, that quote, both Tom and I now have it on our... Um, not only did he get me interested in Spider Robinson m- novels, and I started reading a few. I mean, and that quote also ended up on like the footer of all my emails at work, and I've had a few people like, "Well, that's an amazing quote. Where'd you get that quote?" Oh, it's no big deal. It's Spider Robinson. My friend Dom knows him. You know, <laughs> no, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but I mean, it it kind of in a, in a indirect way, um, sort of spread knowledge about some of these older authors to younger generations too Mm -hmm. you know um and dear god my peculiar family was like the the biggest romp i think i'd ever the biggest adventure i'd ever gone on with him and i'll never forget sitting there in oh shoot what was the divey bar we went to down the street from Boston Comic Con, it was something, the Irish one. Something, Shamrock, something. Yes, I remember. Oh, it was it. Whiskey, priest. whiskey priest. The whiskey priest. Yeah. The whiskey priest. Yeah. And we're just sitting there. <clears throat> eating. Our feet stuck to the floor. <laughs> oh boy, it was so bad. Yeah, eating bad food and and drinking bad drinks, and we're just oh, inadvertently giving a bad review to a, a restaurant in Boston. Um. <laughs> I'm sure and, it's uh, great. Now. Actually, ambiance. It's yeah. It's it's authentic um, Boston bar ambiance. Yes. <laughs> I could. Just, I will say so I had a grilled cheese and it was very good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget Dome saying, "Oh, we're going to start this book and we're going to do this. And we're going to get all these authors and here's the premise." And I'm like, "Wow, that's amazing!" And then I get kicked under the table by Tom and I'm looking at him and he and Tom's just like, "And go." I'm like, well, and I'm looking over at Dome and Dome's lifting one of his eyebrows at me because he, I mean, he knows, he knows what's going on, you know, and I'm just like, oh, uh, I kind of write things, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and his response was, and I didn't expect it because, you know, I'm I'm thinking this is going to be a professional work, you know, and he's like, oh, great, you're in. I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) <laughs> and he's like no you're in I'm like you're going to write a story I'm like I'm going to write a story <laughs> and then I was excited and then I was scared but he like stuck with me the entire way through loved the story I wrote and it was like the biggest adventure I ever had with him ever it was so much fun and by the way the whiskey priest is closed so we don't have to worry about it there we them. go oh. alright well that bar sucks so I'm glad <laughs> yeah that grilled cheese was not as good as I said <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Yeah, I'm so so worried about <laughs> insulting people. I don't bar owners in Boston. Like right. if you have bar clothes in Boston, you're doing something wrong. Cause that's correct. <laughs> yeah, there's an issue there if that happens. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> <I>, uh... <laughs> yeah. 
there were times on the show think... when I, I used to think like, like God, sometimes it's me and Dome and everybody else because we'd be like, remember the 19, August 1947 issue of Amazing Fantasy Quarterly that had that Frank Belknap <laughs> long story? And he'd be like, yes, I do. And, and he was going, and you guys would be like, what? There they go again. I mean, we're used to it from you, Illustrator X. We thought that every time you went on about Smallville, so... Yeah. Oh! Oh! some salt on there. <laughs> Smallville, I couldn't help it. But I, well, you did tell me at one point, Illustrator X, if it's pre-Matrix, it's pre-history. <laughs> and I was like, oh my, well, so much for the 20th century. Ah. Yep. They didn't need that anyway. There might have been some sci fi in there. Probably not. Well, I mean, Tom, Tom and Dome had like a great conversations where they would be like, compare like old school monster movies from both like Toho and Universal and I mean, like them, the movie Them. I mean, and they would just keep going yeah. backwards and backwards in time. And it was the it was just fun to watch. It was also fun to, fun to watch because yeah, Dome had, I don't know exactly what Dome had done, but he uh, we we needed to have him in a wheelchair. And it was just so much fun that day watching Dom push him around. It just, it, it, it filled my heart with glee, even though it, it, it irritated. Well, Dome, it irritated him, but I think he enjoyed it too. Hey, it's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anytime he could be the mayor of anywhere, he was happy. Yeah. <laughs> Although I think it's hilarious that he used to talk about old monster movies because I used to try to talk about to him about like horror stories and horror books, and he'd be like, "No, that's too that's too much. That's too much. I don't know if I like that." And I'm like, "No, Dome, it's so good because there's this, this, this." He's like, "You should talk about that on the show." <laughs> I'm like, "He's not gonna read it." And to be fair, what Tom and, and Dome were talking about were, were like Godzilla, and some, some some of it was like the old schlocky 1950s know. movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Something something Mothra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? If if we're not if we don't ask the question now, it's never going to be asked at this point. What was the deal with Dome and the show Alf? What? <laughs> Wait, no, I don't, no, wait, 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 wait. What do you have against Gordon Shumway? Stone's <laughs> <laughs> best friend. I, I mean, I don't understand the question. <laughs> what was wrong with the show, Alf Illustrator X? Have you never licked a cat? They're delicious. <laughs> That sounded wrong. Oh boy. That, put that, in my that was a triple entendre. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do remember the first time. It the first time I was over his place, and I'm like, "What is 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 that Elf on DVD? The entire series? The in, what? So I take including the really cartoons? Like, really?" Well, he really yeah. Liked Elf. yeah. Okay. Gordon Shumway for president. Oh my lord. I mean, <laughs> better than some presidents we've had. Well, I will say, true. Dome was okay. one of the few people I knew who really loved old school Muppets almost as much as I do. That's like, 
I'm talking back in the day when they did um when the Muppets were created for commercials, first of all. Oh yeah. And I would tell him about my favorite Muppet commercials and he'd say, Oh yeah, I've seen that one. Have you seen this one? And I'm like, No, but have you seen the one where the little Muppet toys are threatening to break your legs if they don't if you don't buy them? <laughs> and he's like, I love that one. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's why we love the pets.com dog so much. I think you remember uh- that guy? Stuffed things. I love stuffed things. (laughs) (laughs) Now I need to go watch that super cut again. That dog is hilarious. That's one of the fun things I'm trying. I was trying to remember all the moments because there's two moments that I, I have stuck in my. Well, unfortunately, one of them it has not stuck because I cannot remember the full deep story. But there was one that I had. We had a great time with. We had a publisher on. We just happened to, you know, through a mutual friend, run into him. His name was Shahid Mahmoud. The gentleman is a huge science fiction and fantasy fan, right up there with Dome. You know, the same the same authors. They were in love with the same authors. And we had him on the show to talk about it because he's a publisher and, you know, how he got into it. But the funny thing was, is we do the pre-show. We always, you know, get the talk to the guests, say, before we start recording, say, hi, you know, this is Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Here's our general rules here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Rule one, there are no rules. And then we just, we get rolling. Well, he got rolling with Shaheed Mood, and we were talking way too long. And I eventually said, you know, Dome, you know, we're leaving a lot of this on the table for you. If you even hit record, he says, okay, well, we'll hit record. And so he, he hits record and then he gets go, they go right back into it because he gets, he starts to do his introduction and Shahid comes up and goes, Oh, well, that reminds me of this. And they get started talking about Heinlein and, you know, Niven and DeCamp and they're all over the science fiction, you know, the landscape here, there, everywhere, just chit chatting. And I'm just sitting here looking at the watch going, okay, we're 15 minutes in and Dom has not introduced me or himself, which is you know, not a big deal, but he's also not introduced the guest. I mean, who no, needs to know who the guest no. is? Right, so that's what I said, kind of, Kriana. I was like, you know, Dome, you know, I'm just, you know, throwing this out here, you know, just be random. But, you know, you know, most shows at least introduce their guests and tell people who they are. And that's kind of what Dome said back to me. It was like, no, nah, now nah, we don't need to do that. We'll just keep going. Oh, my God. Perfect. I remember that? Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. We've had a lot of hosts that are no longer with us in the way where they're they're still alive, but just not, you know, with us at the moment. Although, technically, Mr. K is not alive, so mm. yeah. there's that. Um, they were all awesome. I don't remember any of them that I didn't like. Mm. Did I block someone out of my mind, though? Maybe I did. I don't think so, though. <laughs> Let's check. We had Awake by Java. Mm-hmm. Ardeniel. Winter's Coming. Sam. Mandatron. And of course, Drew. Yep. Nope, I like all of them. <laughs> they can do their own show. 
we've had a had a quite the revolving door of cast members, I think. But we had one constant any, through it all. And that was definitely specific, Dome. Were there yep. any specific guests that Dome always wanted to get back? I'm trying to remember. Like other than Sarah Michelle Geller. Well, no, he never <laughs> he never got her in I the mean, first place. I'm he like, did want to get Spider back, but we were never. Yeah, yeah. Spider was one he always wanted on, and he would email him constantly. But he never did come back. After Although we did, he did wife uh, get that set up where we actually raised money for Spider's yes. wife and daughter. Yeah, but after after Jeannie passed, he sort of. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's always difficult. Yeah, as you know we're talking about yeah yes spider we get it i don't know one of the ones i always i always hoped he would get back was you know my personal favorite jim butcher mm. oh, oh i yeah. really enjoyed talking did, yeah. to yeah. him yeah that's I mean, another I, one where we didn't ask anything like about the tv show and he just volunteered some stories about it that were really fun i laughed so hard through that i i I'm kind of glad I wasn't like with you guys on like physically on the show at the time because I would have fangirled so hard. I mean, I'm just I would have been a, I would have been a um a clumsy mess. But it was listening <laughs> to that listening to that episode was just oh, it made my day that day. <laughs> it was so. Jim Butcher was really fun to talk to. I I really yes. enjoyed that. I'm glad. Also, also, I'm glad to hear you say that, Karen. Sorry, yeah. I'll let you go in a sec, Cree. But because that was one of the very few episodes we ever got iTunes reviews on, and almost all of them were like one star. Jim Butcher didn't get to talk in the first half, and I'm like, that's our format. And they were like two stars. They didn't ask him anything about this, this, and this. And I'm like, we just had no, other the- stuff to talk about. No. The- <laughs> The point was to get him to talk about what he wanted to talk about. Right? So, hey, fellow fan people, you can just F right off there. Yeah. Uh, so know. I'm glad to hear that Suck you listened it. and enjoyed it because we had a great time. And now, and I was very mad at those people. And Cree said that I couldn't write back to them on iTunes. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that makes a good idea. Worse, generally. No, because it's, I mean, I'm sorry. Look, I've read all the books. I, I, nothing he has written in the past is going to be a mystery to me. I wanted to know about exactly what he was talking about, the behind the scenes on the show, how things got so different between what was on sci-fi and what was in the books, you know, and. Uh, Excuse me, Green Gosling, we call it Sippy here, so. I'm sorry, repeat that? Uh we call it Siffy here. Oh, Siffy. Oh, <laughs> my bad. Just showing my age, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, we used to call oh, it. Yes. We used to call it the Mansquito Network. We yeah. did. <laughs> Aww. Yes. We should all get together and watch Mansquito in honor. We should. <laughs> uh, no, we should. Agreed. Sounds <laughs> like a plan. Sounds like a plan. Mosquito party. Well, that sounds like something it's not. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh, all kinds of fun. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, that was an that was a, a really good example of just Dome doing what Dome does best, allowing people to talk about what they want to talk about. Even if they didn't know that's what they wanted to talk about. Right. He he drew stories out of them a little bit. Right. And all you other fan people, like Kriana said, you could suck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, I found that whole interview really cool and interesting. And I, I think it was sort of representative of the types of things that we always went for. Um, Honestly, those are the more interesting things. I mean, you can, you know, I mean, like Billy West, I mean, you can ask him all day about what his favorite episode of, of ABCD show he did or what his favorite character was. But, you know, getting him to open up about other things that you know maybe you don't always hear about it, it's like yeah known unknowns where yeah. what's your favorite episode but unknown unknowns are like stuff you don't even know to ask and dome was good at asking questions in a way where he got an answer that he didn't mm, that was a story we didn't know we were gonna get right mm-hmm. right and often they were very interesting. They were things that no one else had thought to ask about or, you know, cared about in some cases. Yeah. When you talk about how Dome used to foster some somewhat unknown folks, I remember when we talked to Jeremy Bastion, who's like <gasps> one of my favorites. Oh, God, and Jeremy, Jeremy is so quiet and shy. But he was just starting out, and we were all like, oh, just make sure you check him out at his booth down at at Boston, Boston Comic Con. And didn't we have um, didn't we have one of the Turtles guys on the same night? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin Eastman. Kevin was on. Yeah. And we kind of talked mostly to Jeremy, and now Jeremy's pages go for like three, dollars $4,000 a page. No, no, like, no, $15,000. No, there's a, a As a they should. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's all like uh, some gallery in LA has like the the Jeremy Bastion wing now, and I'm like, what? Wait, what? The guy we interviewed? Nice. That is amazing. Yes. You no, know, we did that essentially. Right. right. It had nothing to do with him and his talent. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We we've been really really privileged over the past 530 episodes or so to talk to some really talented people, whether they were recognized at the time or not, or even still are or not. Mm. You know, sometimes just... sure you have some pretty good examples of people who are a little shy, maybe at first going on, you know, coming onto the show for an interview and, and just opening up as they talked. Yeah. I mean, we, we but he was really good about that. I, I, I can't think of an author right off the top of my head, but yeah, we would we would have people that they'd come on and they and in some cases it was their first interview ever, and we would just sit there and talk with them and yet right before the show, and we would just give them that what we would always say is you know this is about a conversation, we're not you know we're not sixty minutes we're not going to hit you with hard hitting questions we just want to talk, and there was a few cases and I cannot I I, I can think of it but. The author's name, which is probably a good thing, but the author right at the very beginning 
was just, you know, it was one we knew that was going to be tough. It was going to be tough to get the, the person talking. So we did a lot of the talking, just kind of get, you know, kind of, you know, pu- uh, you know, pushing the pump handle here and getting things going. And we finally got him to come out of his shell. And then he started talking. And by the end, we were having these long conversations and he was saying more words than he'd probably ever had in an interview. And he he turned to us at the end. He said, thank you very much. This was so fantastic. I've never had this much fun before. And yeah, and I wish I could think of which one it was, but it's probably not a good idea to mention it on the air anyway. But well, it was. Yeah. Uh, but still, it's nice to have those examples. Say, that's right. Oh yeah. Story, yeah. Oh, I I meant the author's name, but yeah. But I mean, oh, he was right. just he had so much trouble getting started. But when we when he when he got going, he was just we were just the usual sci-fi Saturday night, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's the huge. Yeah. Yeah. Although my my other favorite moment, I just remembered what it was. We had an author on. She was an amazing lady. Uh, just going to have her name right here. Um, nope, I guess I didn't. All right. Anyway, but anyway, she was an amazing author and she had this interesting way of getting, you know, channeling her literally, not figuratively channeling her characters, as she said. And one of the things I think we can all agree with was Dome was rarely at a loss for words. Mm. And this was one of the moments where in, in an interview, we're sitting there talking and he gives his usual question. So, you know, how do you, you know, you know, how does the, you know, you come up with these ideas? You know, is it something that you script ahead of the time? Is it, do you have a Bible to work from? And he, he's kind of, you know, finishes, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm channeling these characters. You know, I, I they speak to me. I can hear them, they tell me their stories and then I write them down. And there was dead air. <laughs> and of course, Joe is not saying anything. And I'm going, and I turn to the author and I say, Thank you very much. That is the first time I've ever had an author shut Dome up. And I can hear Dome laughing in the background because he knew that I was right. That's awesome. And she laughed right along with us. It that is... was Dan Rice, wasn't it? <laughs> that was you got it. You got it. Thank you, thank you. I knew it was some obscure author, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> too much. You know, I was just looking at the link section of the page and wondering when the last time we updated it was. Because it's pretty dang long, but... I'll be MySpace links. <laughs> I know, I, I, I'm like sort of scrolling through these and wondering. Oh, oh, two th- 2009. Okay. Well, Whoops. it might. No, no, wait. I'm sorry. 2011. 12 years ago was the last yeah, yeah. revision. So. Yeah, probably um, date that a bit. We, we may have done a couple more since then. Yeah. Uh,. Just a few. Might need to get on uh, updating and checking that for uh, viability, let's call it. That's probably a good idea. Probably, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, as I, I'm sitting here scrolling through these, it's it's kind of crazy how many people we still keep up with. No, that's good. Yeah. That's really- no, no, it, no, it yeah. definitely is. It definitely is. How is um, George O'Connor these days? <laughs> he is good. good. Love George. He's a good friend. 
You know, a Griffin just, uh, he launched a Kickstarter. Griffin Dunn? Griffin S. Ah. And it's for a, a portable watercolor palette. It's pretty cool looking. Which I should probably know the name of. I will find it in a second. Watercolorcaddy.com. Maybe check it out. I mean, I already bought one, but. There you go. You know, 21 days to go. They've already met their goal. That's a, that's ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Proud of him. Oh. Well, 21 days to go as of November 18th. So whenever this podcast goes up, hopefully there's still more time on it. Mm. And speaking of Griffin, he's another one who I hear his name and I'm reminded of like this quintessential dome moment, which is at our very first Boston Comic-Con, we're sitting there at the table, we're all excited, we're like, doing stuff and all of a sudden all of you are gone (laughs) and I didn't know where anyone had gone and it turned out that Dome had said hey can we just the costume contest oh yeah because Dome was always big on I'll just ask and so that was how we got to be the official podcast of Boston Comic Con for a while and until other podcasts, you know, existed. And then they said, hey, how come these guys are the official one? And they were like, because they asked. Um, and Joe had said, can we judge the costume contest? And then they just went. And so Griffin was sitting at the table next to us hanging out and it was wonderful. But that's very dome is that he gets ex- he got excited about stuff and he just went with it <laughs> and it's infectious it is and he just got him just by being himself not only was he the official podcast of boston comic-con granite comic-con but every year there was a there was a free table reserved yep you know when table space was at a premium it's like oh and you guys get to sit right here and we'd somehow end up with extra chairs. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, we we always tried to pay it forward though and get food for our table neighbors and cover their tables if they needed assistance to like, you know, pee or something. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. why yeah. that's why I think why people were so willing to do stuff like that for him. Because he was willing to ask for stuff like that and when you gave it to him he was grateful and he paid it forward and he didn't act entitled to it he just kind of acted confident about it i don't know right. if there's a good way to say that no i think you've described it fairly well i mean there's yeah. he he didn't he didn't put on airs over it he was he was assertive and and confident like you said so yeah. that's where I... <laughs> <laughs> Sensing a theme here. <laughs> I, don't know, I, I would describe myself as more aggressive, but you know. So, Major Tom, you've been kind of quiet. Do you have any memories you'd like to share? Or? Oh. So, one, one of the favorite ones was again when we were doing uh, the Upper Valley. Um, I had gotten this weird idea to try and bring in. Uh, Chad, the Children's Hospital at Dartmouth. Uh, 
So we had actually had met with a couple of the staff members and we're uh, getting a tour of the hospital. So this is where I was kind of pushing Dome around in a wheelchair. And we were going over uh, this, this kind of third story, fourth story bridge. And it was kind of one of those bowing things. So as it bowed, uh, on the downside, I'd stopped pushing Dome and was actually walking next to him. And he hadn't noticed. And all of a sudden, he's looking at me, looking back there. Going, Who the hell is going there? <laughs> you know, one of those funny things that Dome's just kind of looking at me going, going and just cracking up <laughs> while we're walking around like this. That was a good memory, yeah. <laughs> I remember the phone call afterwards, too. Do you know what your husband did? Probably a lot, but do go on. <laughs> yes, but which one are you talking about? Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many things. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Hmm. And man, he, he could be stubborn. Usually, so that's so that's where you get. <laughs> yes. We love it. Doesn't mean he was right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's oh my where gosh. we diverge. I'm always right. Uh, Dome and I and our like, <laughs> like, ongoing to this day. I still like go to text him little memes about the Oxford comma. Yeah. <laughs> Because the one thing, like he would have me, he would have me do copy editing on blog posts back when we did them, and he and I would get in these discussions about the Oxford comma, and he was like, "No, you don't use it," and I said, "Yes, you do," because if you invite Hitler and JFK the strippers <laughs> and rhinoceros to your You've got to uh, know. Uh, um, are you okay? Well, this is taking a turn. That's one of the memes that I, I know sent him regularly, <laughs> which he loved. I believe he had a copy of it printed out at one point because Dome was that kind of guy. Yeah. He liked a meme. He'd print it. <laughs> yep. Oh, and he'd share it. Yep. I don't. I can't even count the number of meetings we had for Upper Valley Comic Expo where he was like sharing memes while we were talking. Don't focus. He's like, yeah, oh, but it's funny. It was the girl is yelling at the white cat. <laughs> <laughs> or the number of Harley Quinn and She-Hulk figurines he would always show us. Oh yes. If I had a, if I had like a dime for every single one I saw, I think I could retire wealthy. Could you fill the creepy jar? Yeah. No, that's something else entirely, love. Yeah, <laughs> we could overfill the creepy jar with all of our... Yeah. And he, to him, every single one was different and beautiful and wonderful. Oh, Remember? absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. I think he would have loved the new the new She-Hulk series. I think he would have been here for it. And, and... I have been thinking about that because yeah. I think so, too. Because Tatiana Maslany is... Just he amazing. loves her too. Yeah. Yep. He well, um, oh, I remember talking about Orphan Black, and mm -hmm. he go on and on. She's gonna do be wonderful. She's gonna do great things. 
Yep. Well, and to be fair, yeah, she was amazing in Orphan Black and just an incredible actress playing all those different parts. So, oh yeah, you know, I love that series. A good series. It was what Dollhouse should have been. Yep. Yeah. Ooh. Mhm. Nice way to put it. We throw in some shade. Oh, we're throwing a little bit of shade because <laughs> I feel like in the current climate, Joss Whedon deserves some shade. This That's is true. true. This is truth. All the drums here on, on Sci-Fi Saturday Night. All Dear Joss Whedon and J.K. Rowling, could you please not ruin your own stuff for us? Right. Yeah. Love your fans. That's like a whole nother show right there. That is a whole nother yeah. show. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We can do a whole show on my feelings about that. And Probably do more than one. We could divide it up by era. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Well, we so, seem to be coming to a sort of natural close, and it's been almost an hour and a half. I, yeah. I got one more quick story here about the dome. Okay. So, especially on that side. So, this was another one of those Gary conventions. We had gone down there... Uh, and Dome was interviewing, you know, go, just kind of going from booth to booth, talking to people. Uh, Cameron was with him. And Karen and I were a couple of tables down from this incredibly interesting person. So <laughs> he, was, he, was an, he was an author, but he was a very, let, let, let's call right author so mm, uh. but but his book had all the elements of every other author all around him so people would be talking about their books trying to put up their stuff and he'd always start off with oh if you like that i've got this exact same thing in this book and it didn't matter what it was <laughs> because you'd have fantasy authors you'd have sci-fi authors you'd have you know, mystery authors, and all of that was just in this guy's book. And the guy was just slinging Dome a line. And you could see the look on, like, both he and Cameron's face as the guy gave him their car, his card. And I swear, they hadn't gotten, like, two steps. And then Dome's like, Cameron, yeah, yeah, deep six the card. Just, just toss it. Yeah. The first trash can there. And he wouldn't be rude to people's faces, but you could tell, but they couldn't because he was so engaged with people that he liked that when he, even when he wasn't engaged, people thought he liked them, which is a good trait to have. And yes, sweetie, that is where you get it. Okay. Cree won't admit that she can do that, but she can do that. I'm just a mean person. You're not. Much like your dad, it just takes a minute. Remember how scared I was of your dad the first time I met him? Well, he decided he liked you, so. It's true. I don't know how, (laughs) because I got to the bottom of the elevator, the doors opened, and you two were standing there, and I was like, oh, hi, have a good vacation, and I literally ran. (laughs) because <laughs> I was scared to meet my girlfriend's dad for the first time. I mean, 
He is kind and of from big. that, he decided he liked me, which was good because. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he liked your dad. It's true. So our dads were were very good buddies. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Good. Who introduced us? Yes, and we've told this story several times. I feel like in the past. Have week. we told it on the podcast? I don't know. I don't know either. Our dads met when they were moving us into college and set us up without knowing they were setting us up which was adorable they thought we should just be best friends so that they could be best friends <laughs> we ended up a really good friends, really good friends. <laughs> not sure that's quite what they had in mind but you know <laughs> still I don't think they would argue the results. Right. <laughs> right. In fact, they both had a really fun time doing the joint toast at our wedding yep. and telling this story. Oh, that's so sweet. And Joe very kindly left out the part where I was terrified of him. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't notice. I don't know. I feel like I was very awkward. <laughs> you always feel like that. Because I am. (laughs) All right. Excuse me. Noelle, I think you're right. I think it's kind of winding down. It is. I I feel like I should say to anyone who's still listening, uh, how the hell are you still with us? Uh, Thanks. (laughs) Thank you, I guess. But um, congratulations on your tenacity. Um, (laughs) Sorry if you cried. We did. We love you for loving us for reasons. Yes. There we go. There we go. I feel like the question of anyone who's still listening, if anyone, is what's going to happen next? Mm. And the answer is, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's up to me, (laughs) but I don't know. Um, No, I feel like. You're not alone. You know, you've got all of us here. I mean, whatever happens next, you're going to have support. I know that. So this this was a big step. And I don't think I don't think we'll go back to weekly because I think that was a lot. But <laughs> I will share that we've gotten a request to do an interview that I'm actually really excited about. And that is uh, sort of what spurred us to do this today. I said, all right. If I'm going to do another interview, we have to do the hard episode first. Yeah. So. And thank that, you all for making it so easy. That That's when I really decided that this was going to keep going, at least for a while. I got got an email that says, hey, do you want to, I'm not going to spoil who it is or even the genre of what they do. Yeah, don't bear uh, Do you want to, do you want to interview this person? And I was like. Oh my god, I really want to talk to that yes, person. We they do. sound so cool. They sound so cool. So uh, hopefully within the next few episodes, we will get to talk to them. And if you're hearing this now, you will hopefully either have them out or they'll be out in the next few months. But we're going to sort of take the scheduling and everything by ear, especially now with the sort of holiday season kicking in. Right. And thank you all for joining me and being my emotional support (laughs) co-hosts. 
And I guess all that's left to say is shared pain is lessened, shared joy is increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.